This month we have Debbie Young, and she will be giving us um, an exegesis on our theme verse from Philippians. Um, Debbie came to the chapel in 1983 and returned a year and a half ago after living in San Antonio, Texas for 10 years. She and her husband Larry raised three now grown children and have six grandchildren. Debbie currently works remotely as a study content specialist for Bible Study Fellowship. So if we can welcome Debbie. Good morning. I see a lot of familiar faces and a lot of new ones, but it is a joy to be with you this morning. And I um, was given the job, the privilege, I would say, of looking at your theme verse and getting to just stew on it and turn it around in my mind. And it's been a tremendous blessing to me this entire week. So let's think a minute. We're going to get there. Um, what is it that holds us together? What keeps us going? Now let's be really honest here a minute. Not every day is smooth, right? Can you get through a week without an unexpected challenge? How about a day? Maybe not even an hour, right? So as Christians, we would probably all heartily acknowledge that our theology doesn't promise us an easy glide to heaven. But truth be told, we kind of want that. At least we would prefer it. But that is not the life we have as we live for the Lord in this fallen world. So what is it that holds us together and keeps us going? As those who recognize God as our creator, Jesus as our savior, and the Holy Spirit as our indwelling guide to life and eternity, we would likely in unison say, what holds us together? What keeps us going? The Lord. <laughs> you know, we have a mission that matters, and we have one another. And that's really, really good. And that's, this verse is going to take us there. So we're going to look today at one verse, a verse that your group has picked as their verse to stand on for this year. Um, it's a verse that's packed with hope and promise, Philippians 1.27, and it's at the top of your little sheet there. So we'll, we'll, we'll see that, and let's just read it together as we get started. Whatever happens, read with me, come on. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Wonderful, wonderful verse, full of hope, full of help. So let's dig in. Just a little background on the book of Philippians, because this book sits in a book that sits in our New Testament, and we need to know why it was written, and where it was written, and how it was written, and by whom. And so the Apostle Paul wrote the letter to the Philippians. Um, he was not on vacation when he wrote the book. In fact, quite the opposite, he was in jail in Rome while he wrote this letter to the church that he had helped establish in the city of Philippi. And if you remember, on his first journey, he had come to this riverside, this riverbank, and found some women who loved God meeting there to worship. And Lydia, remember Lydia, the seller of purple from Thyatira? She came to the Lord 
along with some others, and that was the beginning of that church. And then the Philippian jailer who watched something awesome and, awesome and unexpected happen, he and his entire family. So we assume those are the roots of this church. So here Paul, writing from prison, the jailed apostle, is calling God's people the over, if there's one word that characterizes the book of Philippians, does anyone know what it is? Joy. It's joy. So here we have this jailed apostle writing to people living in a hostile environment, and he says joy, joy. So that's the background of the book. And so this verse sits in there. So Philippians 1.27, let's look at that. So we're going to look at this, and I know you guys plan to come and just eat some really good, good goodies and, and listen a little bit, but I'm going to kind of, I, this isn't quite aerobics, but we're going to, I'm going to make you move a little bit, okay? So we're going to learn, it helps me sometimes to do a little physical activity to associate with a verse, and it'll help. So we're going to um, look at this verse, and the way we're going to look at this verse is there's, there's one big umbrella, okay, come on a big umbrella, and then there's three commands. So, this verse speaks to the responsibility that comes to the Christians because they belong to Christ, because they believe the gospel. And so, um, let me, see, let me flip, flip, flip the wrong page here. Um, so Paul is setting up, he's going to give us three commands that he wants, he holds us to as believers, but he's doing it under this big umbrella. Now, let me tell you, as I pondered this verse, I love the commands, but I think what spoke to me most was the big umbrella. So what is the big umbrella? Whatever happens. Whatever happens. Now, whatever happens makes sense to mothers, right? Am I right? Because there's nothing that quite prepares you for life like middle of the night vomiting, which I would definitely call whatever happens. You plan your day, you plan your week, you plan your life, and you live with whatever happens. In reality, that's who we are. That's where we are. Whatever happens. So isn't it kind of cool that as God gets ready to propel us into the world to live for him, that he equips us to do it under that big umbrella, whatever happens? There's no escape clause. You know, I've often, I've never gotten to go to one, but I've dreamed about it, going to an all-inclusive resort. Now, hold with me. It's just not going to stay in the resort zone here. But, um, you know, you, you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat or, like, where you're going to sit because everything's included. Everything, you pay one price, everything's included. Now, the Christian life is kind of like that, except that it doesn't involve suntan oil and soft, cushiony chairs all the time. Because God calls us, the faithful God, calls us to faithfulness, whatever happens. Do you ever look for an escape clause on trusting God? The yes, but exclusions you want to bring up when whatever happens actually happens? <laughs> when the marriage is harder than you thought it would be? When friendships fail? when happily ever after is a little bit more faded than you anticipated. And you could describe your version, I could describe my version of whatever happens. But here's the thing. The Lord's power, present, and purposes are really designed for whatever happens. Remember, Paul was sitting in jail calling people to joy. He was experiencing 
whatever happens. So the call of a Christian is not just to live for him and trust God. No, we're just called to do it no matter what, whatever happens. And how can that be? How can we do that? How do we do that? Well, here's what I think is helpful. <laughs> Our whatever happens sits under an even bigger umbrella, and that's God's sovereignty. Whatever happens comes about because the God who is bigger and wiser and stronger than we are is in control. So our first little takeaway, <laughs> what's the big umbrella? Do it with me. Whatever happens, whatever happens. So that's the big umbrella, and he's going to give us three commands that all sit under the whatever happens umbrella. And I hope today when you go home and whatever happens happens, you'll remember this. Okay. So let's go, whatever happens, comma, and well, isn't there a lot in whatever happens? I'm, I've been thinking about that. Um, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Christ. And here's what we're going to do this. Whatever happens, live worthy. Whatever happens, live worthy. Do that with me. Whatever happens, live worthy. Whatever happens, live worthy. Specifically, he wants us to conduct ourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel. Now, I don't know about you, that makes me want to sweat. Because it speaks to the responsibility I have as a believer and the privilege. But am I ever, can I ever be truly worthy of the gospel, even to receive it, much less live it? Well, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? In a nutshell, we were born as sinners. Before we drew a breath, we were rebels against God and headed for and deserving God's judgment. In fact, it really doesn't matter how I look compared to other people because I can always find someone worse than me, right? What matters is the gap, the infinite gap between who I am and the righteousness of a God who cannot look on sin. But God didn't leave us there. He sent his son into this world. He took on human flesh. He went to the cross. He died in our place to free us from sin's stranglehold and that love affair we have with ourselves. To find in Christ all we need, I can die to myself and live for him. Now that's a wonderful message. That's a wonderful message to conduct ourselves to be worthy of, but it is not exactly an easy one. So what does it mean to conduct ourselves in a manner to live worthy whatever happens? What does that mean? Well, how we live matters. Now, we don't earn God's favor by how we live, but when God transforms our hearts, we live and think differently. Our, and it produces changes in the way we think, in the way we talk, in the way we act. So Paul was not calling the Philippians to some kind of list-keeping do this, don't do that. That's the, that's the easy route that we try to take. No, he was changing, calling them to love Christ so much that his love and presence permeated every conversation, every relationship, every action. We can only live worthy of the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it on our own. And we have to have this constant realistic assessment, and it happens to me almost every day and maybe within every hour, of the sin that just wants to come out of me, and yet 
my utter dependence on the Holy Spirit, on the Lord who will deliver me and give me the ability to do what he requires of me in his power and not my strength. That's a high calling. So, first command, do it with me, the big umbrella. Whatever happens, live worthy. Second command. He says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Then, he says, whether I come to see you or not, kind of, that's kind of another statement of whatever happens. You know, I will know that you, that you stand firm. You stand firm. So, it's, let's go, go through it all. Whatever happens, walk worthy, stand firm. Okay. Paul says, this can't depend on whether I'm there. I'm not the source of your strength. The Lord is. If you live a life worthy of the calling of the gospel, you will stand firm, whatever happens. So we learn that the solidarity of our commitment to Christ cannot be built or maintained by the volatility of our circumstances. The solidarity of our commitment to Christ cannot be built or maintained by the volatility of our circumstances, because whatever happens always happens. So what is it that holds us firm? What is it that keeps us going? You know, we cannot stand firm based on human muscle. Don't we love our muscles? You know, try harder. That'll work, right? Nope. That doesn't play out. It's always in God's strength. It is never in our own. God is the one who keeps us going. It is the faithful God that makes the faithful faithful. That is how we stand firm. Because God can be trusted, whatever happens, to help his people stand firm. Are you, is there any place in your life where you feel like the ground is kind of quaking under your feet, shaking under you? Do you ever wonder if you can really stay committed to Christ for the long haul? It is God and his strength that keeps us safe and holds us fast. In his power alone can we stand firm. Okay, we're going to go to the third command, but we're going to repeat the first two. You're going to, I told you this is mild, mild aerobics. Okay. okay, whatever happens, walk worthy. Stand firm. We're going to do it again because I think I said walk and I wanted to say another word. Live. Okay, so we're going to get it right. Okay. Whatever happens, live worthy. Stand firm. Third command. After you stand firm in one spirit, you're going to strive together as one for the faith of the gospel. We're going to strive together. We're going to strive together together. Here's the thing, and I'm so proud of you because you, if you're here because you know this, we need each other. We need each other. The task is too great, the opposition is too strong, and our strength is too weak to go it alone. We can't do it. We need each other. And God is within us, and God is with us, and God is with you, and you are with me, and it's beautiful. Christianity is a team sport. It's a team sport. We play it together, and we're going to be in heaven together all around the throne of God with people from every nation and language, and we're going to be praising God with untainted lips for all of eternity. That's my team, 
and you're on it now. You know, the one thing that holds us together and keeps us going is standing with each other. And you're doing that. And I commend you for it. You need each other. You are moms with full plates and loaded schedules and concerns. Am I doing enough? Am I doing it right to get those kids what they need to be, who God has them to be? Can you ever do enough? We need each other. You have a list of people who need you more moments of the day than is fun. You can't even go to the bathroom without someone needing you. But these Friday mornings are your chance to lean in together and link arms and stand together and stand firm and strive together. So what is it we strive together to do? We strive together for the faith of the gospel. Faith is just believing God and acting on it. It's not just head knowledge. It's actually a kind of belief that changes the way we think and live. We strive together to stand firm in our faith. And here's the thing about standing together. When my faith lags a little bit, you call me up. When I need to hear truth, you speak it to me. When I am mired in my mess, you help me tip my chin up and gaze upward. You know, our faith in God does not make anything we believe truer. But our faith allows us to experience that it is true. It is true. And we get to do that together. You know, we have individual faith in a personal God, but we stoke the fire of faith in one another. And I think you're here to do that today. And thank you for knowing you need to do that. It's not just fun. We need it. It's not just about delicious breakfast casseroles. We need each other. So the goal of our faith is not just to um, be comfortable. It's really because God has positioned us, each one of you, in a very specific spot in a world that is in desperate, desperate spiritual need. Ultimately, we don't strive together just to survive, to find comfort, or even to grow spiritually. All those are wonderful benefits. We pull together to carry out a task that we have been gloriously privileged to receive, to speak the only words of truth and offer the only lasting hope to people who are caught in sin's trap and awaiting God's judgment. And God has given us a way out, and he has put us in positions to help call people out by his spirit and in his power. We do it together. We do it in God's spirit, and we do it consistently. So let's just review this verse, and I hope when you go home you can practice in front of your kids. They'll think you look a little silly, but they'll accept you. Okay. So let's just do it. What, whatever happens, God has called us to live worthy. Let's do it again. Whatever happens, in the spirit's power, we are to stand firm. Whatever happens, God's people, we are to strive together. So let's wrap it up. I'm going to read that verse again. Whatever happens, wow, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I know that you will stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. So one more time. We're going to do them all in a row. Whatever happens, live worthy. Stand firm. Strive together. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, you have given us indeed a high calling, a high privilege, a great responsibility. And Lord, you did not leave us 
alone to be lone rangers. You put us in communities of people who will prod us forward and love us when we're down and speak truth to us when we're believing lies and give us strength and remind us that there are days like that. And when whatever happens, happens, you have enough strength and enough power and enough truth to propel us through it and to strengthen us in it. So Lord, help us give up the facade of superwoman and know we need you and know we need each other so that when whatever happens, happens, we can praise you and anticipate the day when we will do that without any constraint of the sin and weakness that we deal with now. So Lord, we thank you. We love you. We love your people. We love your word. And Lord, I thank you for this group that has offered a place of refuge and strength to these moms who are striving together to raise their children in a way that honors you. So Lord, we just, I just commend them to you and ask you to pour your strength into them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, 